Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at redtailedhawk90, and my co-host is Jade. What up? I'm Jade, you can find me on Twitter at jadeoxidrose, and I use they them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, today, we are reading number 15, The Escape. It is a Marco book. Uh, I'm suffering. Some, it, it, yep, there's a lot of suffering in this book. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's just suffering all around. Mm-hmm. Um, some book-specific content warnings before we dive into said suffering. Uh, for sharks, uh, lot, lots of sharks and discussions of sharks eating things, uh, specifically people, uh, discussion of parent death because it's a Marco book, uh, matricide question mark because it's a Marco book, uh, the risk of drowning and or suffocation. Uh, there's a lot of water. It's an underwater book, uh, and bullying, um, um, though it doesn't go past, uh, verbal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is actually one. Yes, there's suffering. I say this a lot. Two. Danielle is very sleepy right now, so I'm going to talk a lot <laughs> to make up for it until they're a bit God more bless. awake. <laughs> um. No joke. And yes, my biases towards Marco done be known. I, I have <laughs> made my feelings about my son very clear on this podcast already. This is actually one of my favorite books we've right up there as one of my favorites that we've read so far it's very good the characterization i find really good and strong across the board Mm -hmm. um the main plot is both engaging and relevant to the overarching stuff and uh, it has a lot of pain which is very (laughs) good and i always like when we get the povs of characters that are very much put on a front and Mm -hmm. seeing behind the front and also what is maybe very upsetting in the best kind of narratively satisfying way is, and just paying proof to the characterization, just how aware of how, just how much Marco is aware of his own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, he's upsettingly aware of it. Uh-huh. And that, we've talked before about the emotional intelligence of the kids and the way they're portrayed, but there's something about being in the, like, in the, passenger seat next to them when they're driving the way he verbalizes his own behavior mm-hmm. let me tell you i have a lot of benny lafontaine feels as well as marco <laughs> no last name given feels and yeah this book is a lot and it's very good and ka i like this one very much yep. this makes up for the horses <laughs> a little bit. I may not forgive the horses. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much mood whiplash coming off of the horses. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Especially when, as is very typical uh, for animals, we have such a a light open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this is this is some peak animals. This is what I tune in. <laughs> for kids who could turn into animals just like yes we are here to save the planet but right now there's this amazon cafe at the mall and they have parrots and k 
Cassie objects to this quite rightly because, uh, yeah. like, uh, parrots and a lot of those sorts of birds have like a high level of emotional intelligence, even if they're mm-hmm. like, and obviously people know, like, they can live a long time, you can teach them how to speak. So they have taken it upon themselves to uh, cause trouble, really. Um, <laughs> make it seem like having pa- real life parrots is a bad idea. Yep. Um, and this is incredible. Like, it's just, this is just the kids being their best. There is. Uh, let, let, let's, get, let's, let's, get, let's get into it. Uh, yeah. I will try to see. I have slept and been awake for a few hours at this point and uh yeah i can't talk so this is gonna be words are terrible great. uh mm. words are really hard that's um, so fucking hard thoughts speak when i know right just, um but yeah we, we have our usual uh intro obviously from marco's perspective we dug his last name um mm-hmm. riff about marco polo it's amusing um we get and I, I appreciate as the books have gone on, we get like the more detailed description of how exactly a yuck works mm-hmm. biologically, which I suppose becomes relevant with a detail we learn later about what the yucks are up to in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, but they're in this, uh, as Jade said, they're in this mall. It's not their usual mall. It's like a big super mall just a little ways away um, that has this Amazon cafe in it. Uh, which makes me think very much of the, um, what is it? I think it's Tropical Rainforest Cafe. Um, is a, like, it's a chain that happens in, uh, like theme park type places. Sure. Um, I've never been to one that has live parrots though. Uh, uh, but yeah, they have these, go ahead. I just, I like, why you would think live parrots is a good idea in a restaurant? No. Yeah, like also like I I've met a couple of parrots, a couple of uh, like local pet shops have had like the parrot, and it always mm-hmm. really says in large letters, "Don't fucking touch the parrot." Don't. Yep. It's like, look, that bird is smart. Don't don't harass the bird. It already has enough to deal with. Yeah, I, I could see. Love, I love parrots so much. I've never They're had so one. Good. But any time I see like videos and stuff of like parrots and like parrots who've like managed to suss out how to talk to Alexa and other stuff like that and just order mm-hmm. strawberries and things like that, mm-hmm. this this is the future I live for. Is parrots <laughs> ordering themselves strawberries <laughs> on the internet? It's just it's good shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, I could but see yeah. maybe having like one parrot, like maybe with with like the the folks at the front who like interacts with them or something but like having having what is it five four Uh parrots just crammed in tiny cages in line all day yeah and this is just something to entertain guests while mm-hmm. they're waiting to be seated. What's upsetting is that somebody's clearly gone to the effort of telling these birds various things about to say about Amazon Cafe mm-hmm. um and it's it's bullshit. And I do appreciate as they're in line and um and to be honest, they talk about how people are assholes generally. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just that people don't have to be aggressive or anything yeah. or stupid. It's just like being around lots of different stimuli, lots of different people is not mm-hmm. good. Right, we get a nice dated reference about Howard Stern, um, <laughs> which I do 
uh, this kid is trying to get the parrot to say Howard's done rules. I appreciate deeply Rachel calling this person a moron. Uh, and the kid thinks that Rachel's talking about the bird. And Jake has to intercede uh, <laughs> before Rachel just throws down with this asshole in line at Amazon Cafe. Yeah. Now, Marco's introduction to a lot of these, uh, to specifically mm. Rachel um, and uh, Tobias, mm. is like whew, super upsetting because yeah. he he does that really pointed, knowledgeable uh, awareness. Yeah, thing. this is some laser insight that is scary. Almost. Yeah. Uh, Rachel is tall and blonde and beautiful and totally without fear. Now, sure, way down inside, she's also insecure, scared by her own inability to fit in and way too pressured to live up to her own high standards. But all that stuff is way down inside. Way down so far that if you ever tried to reach it, she'd have sliced and have sliced and diced you before you even got close. Which is the typical way of, of Marco saying something really serious and really, uh, topical and then having a joke afterwards. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like, damn, Marco. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, mm-hmm. that is some insight. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have, um, Axe, um, momentarily, cause he's in human morph with them. And he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, is that the cinnamon bun place over there? <laughs> and Jake's just like, yeah, maybe when we're done, we can go to cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the, uh, little bit about Axe, about, and you can see that uh, Marco completely undergets it, or at least mm-hmm. for all that he can be a bit like jokey about it in the way they all can. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course it makes sense that like for something you don't get to experience all the time, when you get to, it's going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but a waitress comes out from the restaurant to take the birds in because it's time for their cages to be cleaned. Yeah. Yeah. Which clean just the sounds like. An obnoxious thing for a minimum wage worker to have to do. It's like, okay, in the middle of your shift, you got to stop and clean these bird cages because the birds are going to sit out there and we can't have people knowing that birds shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but they end up following the waitress back, Marco giving, uh, humming the Mission Impossible theme as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, your mission, should you choose to accept it, give the parrots back their dignity and strike a blow for Mommy Earth. And Cassie just rolls her eyes and Jake smiles. And we do have this nice little bit of insight mm-hmm. from Marco about Jake. Just like, I can't believe you're going along with this responsible Jake giving his okay to a totally personal use of our powers. Never thought I'd see the day. It's because he really likes Cassie. I added to Rachel in a stage whisper. And Jake's like, it's because I know that if I didn't say yes, Cassie would do it anyway, and she'd get Rachel to go along, and possibly you, and the three of you need someone, someone sensible along. Uh, <laughs> is like, yeah, dad, yes, dad. And Jake's just like making that, that deep in the throat grinding noise he makes sometimes, which just to me sounds like the Marge Simpson mm, kind uh-huh. of a vibe. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just laughed. Jake's been my best friend forever. He may be leader of the animals, but that doesn't mean I have to take him too seriously, which is yep. just, that's good shit. But also, I do appreciate Jake's like, yeah, no, I need it to happen. And I do like that he calls out Marco would have been the third person to go along. Mm-hmm. And I, that that's just some good insight there, because we've actually seen that Marco's, for all that he's one of the first ones to complain, he yeah. readily does, like in the way that Tobias does, and we see it a lot in this book, 
just mm-hmm. how much Marco's willing to step up and do things mm-hmm. for all that. And he acts, he talks about himself like he's a coward. And we see that yep. a lot in this book. Um, yep. him thinking less of himself for running away in a situation. Just like he is incredibly brave. And it, I just remember that quote about how, um, I think we've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. How bravery isn't the absence of fear, but right. rather the ability, the willingness to do things in the face of that fear. Mm-hmm. And I just have yep. emotions. Yep. Um, but they make their way into the back. Marco's still <laughs> doing the Mission Impossible theme. Yep. Um, <laughs> have I mentioned shut up, Marco? Rachel asked me in a conversational tone. Um, I will say, I feel in this book, they mostly nailed the slightly sharp banter from rachel Mm -hmm. like it feels like banter rather than being cruel it just feels like maybe two people that have a naturally slightly abrasive dynamic Mm -hmm. but you feel the fondness Mm -hmm. there as well in this book that i feel like missed the mark in other books where rachel just comes across as mean yeah and especially with what happens at the very very end Mm -hmm. um it it's very good um there's there's an awareness there of like what that dynamic is supposed to be mm. um that is 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 good yeah um, um but they make it to the back they get to the parrot cage cassie removes the birds and put, and they each acquire a different one of these parrots as a morph mm-hmm. uh cassie assures them that it's okay to hide the parrots in a well-ventilated cupboard <laughs> while they do this <laughs> And um, yep. we have this great scene of the kids uh, morphing into parrots, and they're all very different looking. And mm-hmm. and this is one of the few times where the morphing almost sounds very pretty mm-hmm. in the way it is described, um, which I'm done. Though I enjoy like, and we get this um, note about the uh, uh, Cassie's unconscious talent for morphing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the fun description of her slowly turning red, like uh, she's a glass pitcher being slowly filled up with cherry Kool Aid, which I liked. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but they all become these birds. Uh, they get back in their cages, uh, so that the woman can take them out to the cages because they're uh, the cages out uh, in the waiting area. Um, because their plan is to just pretend to be these parrots and uh, say rude things. Um, to make the store owners regret having parrots. Um, I do like how we get this note about how it's not easy talking when you have no lips and that fun little recognition of talking being different um, um, and how it all comes from the throat. Uh, what I also really enjoy during this is that Tobias, who's in his human morph, is just mm-hmm. like watching all this shit go down as the yeah. kids say like about gro- i'm not going to repeat these gross things about the food because it makes me feel a little bit ill yeah. um but you know good teenage stuff ca- ca- casual comment about botulism acts is like inhaling a slice of pizza mm-hmm. as they as they watch this um <laughs> but uh, uh this is all great and it works yeah um so, unfortunately, uh, I say unfortunately, uh, Tobias is even laughing and cl- applauding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marco spots behind Tobias in the crowd Eric, who is the Chi that we met a few books ago. 
Yep. Uh, and Marco knows that this is bad news bears because Eric almost certainly does not have good news. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, we mm -hmm. get a description of, uh, who the Chi are, that they're the race of androids, they're pacifists, um, and also that they're super duper strong. Um, we actually get a moment of, uh, Marco being, uh, unwilling to get too close to Eric because, uh, they all know that he basically liquefied a room full of hork the last time they saw him. Mm. Um, and I, I appreciate like those little touches of details about mm -hmm. long lasting trauma, mm -hmm. basically. Like we get nods to it sometimes with the kids talking about having nightmares, but with mm -hmm. Marco, in this, we get this, can't we? Get things uh, later about him acutely remembering what happened last time they interacted yep. with sharks, yeah, and things like that. And it's like I appreciate that they're not that Ka go to make the effort of making clear like shit does stay with these kids. Mm -hmm. Like yep. for all that, these are very episodic stories and very like time is passing. What is happening and what they have to do is making its impression and leaving marks on these kids. Yep. Uh, and, uh, Marco's correct. Eric does not have good news. Um, he extends a hologram around them. So they look like some security guards talking. Um, and, uh, Eric compliments them on rescuing the two free hork which is a callback to 13 where they, uh, led Jera and Ket to the Valley. Um, and freed them. <laughs> Marco makes it a joke. We like to keep busy. It's either rescue entire races or play Nintendo. Um, but Eric doesn't, uh, really latch on to the humor like Marco wishes he would. Yeah, he does laugh, but then he's just like back into serious mode. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like, I need to talk to you privately. And Marco's just like, I don't have secrets from Jake. <laughs> to be fair, he then says, I think that's the basis of a good marriage, openness, honesty, which I missed uh -huh. the first time I read that. And now uh -huh. I'm echoing. No, it's very I, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I marked it in my book because I was <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but Eric's just like, it's about someone who was once very close to you, Marco. And Marco's just like, heart stops for a moment. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and the fact that his words dry up, it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like the biggest indicator that how much this is rocking him, because Marco always has a quick thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, Jake explains that he does know, um, that he's the only one who does. And Eric reveals that uh, Marco's mom, otherwise known as Visa One, has returned to Earth and that she's overseeing some secret project being run from Royan Island or more specifically from the waters around Royan Island. But Marco's not really taking in the details because he's just fixated on the fact that his mum is back on Earth. Yeah. Uh, so Jake, Jake understands because he's Jake mm -hmm. and uh, takes over like dealing with Eric and like fielding the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Eric explains that they don't know exactly what they're doing out in the ocean, but it has to be really, really big in order for Visser 1 to even be here. Um, Visser 3 is going to be really mad about it uh, because they have a 
feud. Um, mm-hmm. And Eric uh, is like, look, we weren't sure whether to tell you, but we learned all we can. And we felt that Marco had a right to know. What I appreciate um, this is, and I felt Marco had a right to know. That's like, true. Yeah. We've learned, because uh, Eric is like a kid at their school, or has mm-hmm. been, was impersonating a kid. So mm-hmm. n- has known Marco and Jake a while. Yep. And that act of, I, I would say it is compassion. Yep. We also know that Eric has had some headbutting with the other Chi about mm. this whole war in general. Yeah. Where the rest of the Chi think that they should take a uh, more hands-off approach and they're just keeping tags, tabs on the Yerks uh, to make sure that they themselves are safe. Whereas Eric is like, no, we need to like do something. Um, he's the one who told them to get the Pimelite crystal. Um, and even though he gave back the power it gave him at the end, um, he still wants to be able to help the kids. And so, um, this is very consistent with what he's shown us in the past, where even if the, the rest of the Chi aren't necessarily on board with working with the Animorphs or being involved in the war, Eric is willing to reach out and at least give them information. Yeah. Um, we get this moment and for all that Eric's like, I wanted to tell Marco, it's just sort of like, you have to, you have to understand that this one is where she is. She didn't get there by being nice. She's brilliant and dangerous. And Jake's mm-hmm. just like checking in, like watching Marco to check how Marco mm-hmm. reacts to this. And Marco's understandably defensive. Yep. Um, she's like, you guys think I don't know what Vissa one is like. And Eric is just like, I know you do, but humans are easily tricked by outer appearances. You judge people by their faces and eyes. The face of Vissa one is the face of someone you trust, Marco. But if you animals decide to investigate this thing on Royan Island, you may come up against Vissa one directly. And Mark's like, I could see where he was going and it made me mad. I didn't, I don't even know why. Look, Eric, I'm not an idiot, okay? He shook his robot head. I know you aren't, but you love your mother. You want to save her, so you may make mistakes. I swear I would have swung at Eric, but he would have let me hit him, and I would have just hurt my hand. Um, Which I just love as a detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we then get the information that they believe that a new species of controller is in the area. I believe that they're called Lyrans. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jake thanks Eric for the information and uh, Eric asks if Marco will be okay to Jake and Ma- meanwhile Marco's just like pieces out of the hologram yeah. wigs out a shopper uh, <laughs> as Marco's appeared out of a casually chatting security guard <laughs> um, and yeah then we have this exchange between this brief exchange between Jake and Marco yeah, um, in which uh Jake makes sure that he knows where his soldier stands. Because uh, first he is reassuring Marco. Eric didn't mean anything bad. You know that he just meant, uh, I know what he meant. I snapped. He meant if it came to crunch time, would I destroy my own mother to protect the mission? That's what he meant. And then Jake grabs his shoulder and turns him around and says, and because he needs to know the answer as the Mm -hmm. leader of their group. Uh, And Marco is still mad. He knows why he's mad. 
Um, because Eric is right. He doesn't even know what he'd do himself. Um, and he tells Jake as much. He says, you know, I don't know what I would do if it came down to that. Spoilers um, for later in the book. We're going to find out. <laughs> At least in yep. this instance, or in one instance, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we catch up, chapter break. Axe is just like, yes, I know what Aliran is, but where did you hear that word? And I don't understand why they aren't more upfront from the start like yeah we spoke to eric everyone knows who eric is yeah like they were all there um but jake has asked uh marco has asked jake to not say anything about the others about eric uh because the others don't know about this one being marco's mm-hmm. mother and how marco doesn't want them to know the truth mostly and this is and it's because he doesn't want their pity mm-hmm uh, what did he say? I'm a joker. I'm a. I don't want. I didn't want their pity. I still don't. I'm a joker. I'm a comedian. That's how I deal with life. See, I've always believed that to some extent you get to decide for yourself what your life will be like. You can either look at the world and say, "Oh, isn't it all so tragic, so grim, so awful," or you can look at the world and decide that it's mostly funny. If you step back far enough from the details, everything gets funny. You say war is tragic. I say, isn't it crazy the way people will fight over nothing? People fight wars to control crappy little patches of empty desert for crying out loud. It's like fighting over an empty soda can. It's not so much tragic as it is ridiculous, asinine, stupid. You say, isn't it terrible about global warming? And I say, no, it's funny. Unfortunately, dated reference, but uh, (laughs) the 90s. We're going to bring on global warming because we ran too many leaky air conditioners. We used too much spray deodorant, so now we'll be doomed to sweat forever. That's not sad. That's irony. Note to Alanis. That is ironic. But humour kind of breaks down when the tragedy gets up close and personal. See, I saw what my mum's death did to my dad, and you know what? There wasn't anything funny about it. And I know that for a year I cried myself to sleep most nights, looking at her picture. I still feel like someone blew a hole in me. A hole that will never heal. A hole I don't want to heal. Because I don't want to stop hurting for my mum. I don't want to get over it. Jake knew my mum, so when it, we uh, so when we all came face to face with this one, he knew who she was, but not Rachel or Cassie or Tobias or Axe. And since we've been an animal, animal morph at the time, the human controller known as this one did not recognise her son. Yep, and that's the headspace that Marco is in in this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Axe is just like, look, where where did you hear about them? And yeah. Marco kind of snaps back, look, can you just tell us what you know about them? And Axe has that, uh, trying to overcome his Andalite programming because Andalites are not used to trusting other species. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, at least that's Marco's take on it. And we learn that the Lyrans are an aquatic race, uh, planets mostly water. Um, in fact, uh, the most advanced life forms do live in the oceans. They're how they're a sentient race of amphibians. Um, and explains that that's what he learned in school, but he's never met a Lyran because they're not allowed on the, ho- on the Andalite homeworld. And I assume it's Marco asking, not an L, mm-hmm. why not? Are they dangerous? Mm-hmm. And Axe laughs and gets that know-it-all Andalite attitude. And uh, of course, not dangerous, more like embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And we get the reveal that Lyrans are psychic. Uh, they yep. can read minds, at least if they're within close range. Uh, and how they don't want Lyrans to learn anything about technological or military secrets. Um, plus, mm-hmm. you know, thoughts you might not want strangers listening in on. 
Um, yeah. And that's when Marco reveals that they learned about it from Eric and how that there's a secret underwater thing going on and that Liren's involved, which Axe is baffled by because um, it doesn't make sense for the Yerks and the Lyrans to be working together because the Yerks could never invade the Lyran homeworld. Uh, because the Lyrans are psychic, they'd instantly know if one of their people was a controller. Um, and then there's the pointing out about if you could make, but what if you could make controllers out of the Lyrans? And Axe appreciates the severity of this. And it, this is Marco just like pointing out the dangerous thing that could be happening, like connecting the mm-hmm. dots. Um, yeah. and the, and this, if the, uh, if the Yerks get a Lyran controller, they're in the shit because mm-hmm. it'll be incredibly easy to find the animorphs. Um, this whole conversation is Marco trying to decide whether they have to do anything about this because he, he and Jake's, um, kind of first inclination is like, all right, well, this thing's out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not worth it to go after it essentially. Um, and once he learns this about the Lyrans being psychic, Marco realizes, like, that's when he tells uh, Axe who told him, because now he's willing to let that information out, because now he knows they have to do something about it. Um, They can't just let this, uh, whatever project it is, come to fruition. Um, And uh, Marco is again, caught up in the idea that the others will learn about his quote-unquote secret, that Visser One is his mother. Um, And again, we see how worried he is about looking uh, pathetic, about uh, earning their pity. Funny boy Marco is destined to look pathetic. My friends will look at me and think, poor, poor Marco. Uh, and then he makes a quip about the irony gods, which confuses Axe a lot, uh, because he thinks it's a human religion. And Marco's like, no, it's a Marco religion. The irony gods wait to find out whatever it is you don't want. And that's what they do to you. Uh, and this is funny. Axe asked, he's a little unsure about human humor. Absolutely. I said, if it was happening to someone else, it would be hysterical. There's uh, a Mel Brooks quote, I think it's Mel mm-hmm. Brooks anyway, about comedy, which is a tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you fall down an open sewer and die. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's always funny when it's happening to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Distance is, distance mm-hmm. allows room for humor. And that's the whole thing with Mario. Just like, that's why he uses humor. So he can mm-hmm. distance himself from the scary things. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier to process if you make yourself distant from it humor provides the buffer yeah you um, know in that way that 13 year olds do yep uh. uh in the end he tells jake that they have to go on this mission uh it's too important not to um and so they assemble all the others and basically they don't tell anyone about uh marco's mom uh, but they do basically say hey eric told us about this secret thing happening out in the ocean um, and it's really bad. Um, and we need to do something about it. Uh, we, get, we get this little info dump about Boyan Island. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he describes it and Rachel gets a quip in about it being very poetic that it's shaped like a crescent moon and Marco like snips back just like hey it's a quote from the guidebook all right and he immediately winces um it's like Mm -hmm. i shouldn't have snapped like that i should have had a comeback ready and it's just sort of like oh kid Mm -hmm. um and that he knows that he looks tense by snapping at rachel yep and again that hyper awareness of himself is Mm -hmm. just um but uh and they realize so they gotta go to the island and we've got to be careful because of these lyrans. Mm-hmm. Um and Cassie's like, okay, so how do we get there? Air or sea? Tobias points out that it's a long way to swim. Um it's like Jake's, twenty miles offshore. Mm-hmm. Which is Jake's, a long way to swim. Mm-hmm. Uh and Jake's like, Okay, combo, we fly out, rest, morph to dolphin. And Tobias is like, not everyone has a dolphin morph, I can fly cover. And Cassie cocks an eyebrow at Tobias and Marco reckons that he and her are having the same thought and that it's a little like Tobias doesn't want to morph now that he has his morphing power back. Yep. Um, And to be fair, I don't think this is baiting with Mm -mm. Marco when he says that acts as a shark morph, that would as well, and that Tobias, if Tobias doesn't want to and Tobias immediately cuts in and just like, I didn't say that. And Jake's just like, eh, you got time. You can go out to the gardens and acquire a dolphin. Uh, mm-hmm. and how the gardens are basically on the way. And Tobias yep. points out, it's just like, yeah, but I'd have to be a hawk to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake tries to mollify the situation. It's just like, okay, well, don't worry about it. You've always been great as a hawk. Like, you're our secret weapon, mm-hmm. as you are. And Tobias hesitates. It's just like, no, you're right. I should do the dolphin thing. And it's like, he starts babbling. Yep. And everyone stares. Because yep. Tobias doesn't usually go on like this. Just like, hey, well, no, it's good. Because, you know, over water, that's not my best flying conditions. There's no thermals over water. I'll do it. I'll acquire a dolphin morph. Okay, I'll definitely do it. And hey, no problem, right? I mean, a dolphin in water, that's like a bird in the air, right? And Cassie's <laughs> the one who goes, hey, Tobias, are you afraid of water? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, water? Afraid? Me? Um, And... The banter sort of comes in to diffuse it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just sort of like, you're not afraid to be a mile up in the air, but you're afraid of water. It's like, not water. It's just, you know, there's no air in the water. You can't breathe. He, uh, he, it presses in all around you. And, uh, Rachel, I love how it's described as Rachel growls. It's just like, hey, mm. how about if we stop busting on Tobias? Okay. He doesn't like water. He doesn't like, have to like water. And, uh, no, it's okay, Tobias said shakily. I'm cool. I mean, I'll be a dolphin, right? They live in the water. I nodded. Yep, we've established that dolphins live in water. <laughs> and yeah. Bl- yeah. Bless yeah. Tobias. Yeah, like, he's, he's so afraid. Um, yeah. and I wonder how much of this is, uh, something that he's always been afraid of and how much of it is being a bird. something, being a bird. Especially since he was almost drowned by that raccoon uh, uh-huh. a couple books ago. Um, uh-huh. So, uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's upsetting. Uh, and this won't be the first time that Tobias's hatred of water comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it won't be the last time, I suppose, I should say. Yeah. I suppose it is because unless you're like, say, unless it's like an osprey or so, like mm-hmm. one of the fishing birds, like... Mm-hmm. Water is antithetical to birds, right? Because once you get like wet, mm-hmm. you can't fly. Yeah, I it say it's very difficult. Knowing fuck all about birds. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, like the the thing with birds is that the 
the outside of their feathers is usually pretty waterproof because of the way that feathers work. Um, but if you get under that, but if you get under that, then they're like the, the feathers underneath get soaked and then they become basically too heavy to fly. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah they, we have, they head out. we have them at Cassie, like reassures them. See, once you've been a dolphin, you'll never fear the ocean again. The ocean. Oh man. The entire ocean. And they go, I don't know why, but Tobias being scared made me feel better. I guess it's true that misery loves company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they morph. Uh, I do appreciate the description of Goldmorph being curved, swept back wings, brilliant white feathers, and a serious passion for garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they fly over to the gardens. We get a little bit about how seagulls are re- a really useful morph for not being noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tobias gets to be shitty about flying with seagulls. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> comment out of the hawk fraternity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just amusing. Love it. Um, just like, but we have this again, that kind of insight, even though Tobias is like flying like 200 feet above the others. Tobias mm-hmm. had been a hawk so long he relates almost as much to other birds as he does to humans. He respects and fears golden eagles and falcons, both of which will occasionally attack a hawk, but he actively dislikes pigeons, seagulls, and above all crows. I think it's something to do with the groupy nature of those birds, and Tobias is a loner. Yep. So, um, we have this moment. They get over the, um, the park and. Marco likes amusement parks, and this does feel like maybe he's distracting himself, or mm-hmm. literally just like taking a moment to feel like himself, or how mm-hmm. he wants himself to feel. And he flies over to the wooden roller coaster and just lands on the first car. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake follows him, uh, and the two of them are literally just like land and like ride the roller coaster as seagulls for a little bit mm-hmm. that is incredibly good um and then this great moment just like uh at once they hit maximum speed after doing a drop uh mark talks about opening wings and how the car drops out from under them and is like launches themselves mm-hmm. off uh and jake is like yelling him that he's crazy for doing it but is also following marco's lead mm-hmm. um it's just like Come on now, that was cool to admit it. And Jake's just like, I mean, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so, and then we have this fucking heartbreaking instance here that fucking guts me. Mm-hmm. Um, because this one, I, this is definitely true. Like, it feels like Marco's talking about himself, but he's clearly not just talking about them in this yeah. moment, which is, we're still our old selves, aren't we? I mean, we haven't changed, not really, no matter what, right? Sure, Marco. No, I mean it. I realized I had grown very serious. I don't know why, but I wanted Jake to agree with me. It was important to me. We're still just us. Nothing that happens can really change what you are, right? We flapped side by side back to the others. Look, Marco, Jake said wearily. I'm not exactly a philosopher, okay? Yeah, well, I mean no matter what, I said defiantly. No matter how many morphs, no matter how many battles, no matter what, I'll still be me. Everyone better accept that. Jake laughed a little. Marco, if it makes you feel any better, you'll always just be a punk to me. I had to laugh too. Thanks, I said. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, man. Yeah. 
I think this is a lot of Marco, again, not wanting to be viewed as different because of who his mom is. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't want the other's view of him to change because of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where he's coming from with this. Uh, As opposed to necessarily just, like, everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that's just where his head is at, is... Yeah, he is. He's he's very very concerned of how the others will treat him. Mm. Yeah, but um, in much in the way that Marco will make a joke uh, after being serious, after that heavy little conversation, we now have Tobias attempts to acquire a dolphin morph while a red tail yep. talk. It goes about as well as you might expect. <laughs> um. A, God. So Tobias dive bombs a dolphin. Yep. Um, and she's, one kid spots him happening. And I love her with this moment. Uh, is this stupid? Cassie asked way too late. <laughs> and as a dolphin breaches the water, uh, yeah, Tobias I grabs not- the dorsal fin. I read the bit right now. It's like, Sia grabs the dolphin. I'm like, no, Jade. No, that's, that's Danielle's OC. <laughs> they don't need calling out about it again. Not today. Um, uh, but we have this moment and Tobias gets stuck mm-hmm. on the dolphin, like with his talon. Um, mm-hmm. and well, the immediately funny visual becomes very serious as Tobias is then dragged down under the water mm-hmm. by this dolphin. Uh, the trainers are freaking out. The crowd currently are like, is this part of the show? Uh, and the <laughs> dolphin, and let's be fair, like, I like dolphins. They're also a little bit, they're social enough creatures that they can be mean. Yep. Um, but this dolphin maybe thinks it's a game and is like tearing through the water while Tobias is still like hooked in by one mm-hmm. of his talons. And everyone's like trying to yell advice about holding his breath. Like, gee, really? Do you think? Hold my breath. Um, and yeah. Mark's just like, he must be okay. He's still capable of being sarcastic, which is just, oh, I do love that. <laughs> um, just like start acquiring him. He'll put him in a trance. I am acquiring him. But I said, guess what? He's not in a trance. Uh. Um, <laughs> um, and Marco's just like, I'm going to help. And Mark, Jake's like, how? She's like, kamikaze. And the next moment that the dolphin breaches the water, Marco just flies in his seagull morph and slams into the side of Tobias and knocks him free. Yeah, just in time, too. Because the dolphin was going to go through a hoop, which uh, Tobias would not have fitted through as well. Um, Just like, I love, I do appreciate a good bonk sound effect. (laughs) Um... And Tobias is yelling at just like, oh, yourself, I just saved your life. And just like a fucking waterlogged Tobias is just like, thanks. Next time, find a way to save me that doesn't involve breaking any bones. Yep. 
Um, I love, I love the beginning of the next chapter because everyone is flying out. Everyone's in a pretty good mood except for Tobias. Like, with the Cassie's like, exception of Tobias. <laughs> yeah. And Cassie's like, you know, uh, the dolphin looked okay. It was only superficial cuts. I'm sure it's fine. And Tobias is like, well, as long as the dolphin is okay, because <laughs> I really, really hope the dolphin is okay. And fine. Marco's like, are you going to be sarcastic the rest of the day? I love this. This is so good. (laughs) I'm going to be sarcastic the rest of the day. I nearly drowned. Now I'm going to become the thing that nearly drowned me. I will be sarcastic until further notice. (laughs) Uh, I I guess it's dumb, but once again, I was kind of glad Tobias was in a bad mood. It distracted me from my own thoughts. If I could keep busy teasing Tobias, I didn't have to think about the fact I was flying closer to my mother was. Um, which again, mood whiplash because mm-hmm. Marco books, but also it's a g- really good callback to how Marco teases Tobias to make Tobias feel better as well, like mm-hmm. treats him like a person. Yeah, the same way that Marco wants mm-hmm. to be treated about his mom. Yeah, so I love the the sort of come falling back on that, and mm-hmm. then we have a you know I said thoughtfully that could be a regular act of the gardens. Hawk and dolphin, kind of a dolphin rodeo, if you really think about it. Hey, Marco, you need to remember that you're just a lowly seagull right now, which is practically a pigeon, and I'm a hawk. Tobias said, you want to keep grinding my nerves? I'll be glad to show you the difference when it comes to aerial combat. Dolphin rodeo, I'm just saying it has possibilities. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they fly out to this island. Um, yep, some rich person's island. There's a yacht. Yeah. I do appreciate that. So, so that's Mr. Ryan's house, I guess. No, the original Ryan was a bootlegger back in the 20s. According to the guidebook, the house is owned by the Marquez family now, whoever they are. I just like those little details. Like, Marco does the research. He knows mm-hmm. the intel. Mm-hmm. Um, but they land. Uh, Tobias uh, stays up flying cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like he's uh, does, just like lands back down, begins preening, and Mark is just like very useful having your guys. Don't try to make up <laughs> dolphin rodeo, huh? <laughs> it's just like I love the banter between Tobias and Marco so very much. Yep, it just yep, it makes me happy. Uh, uh, we have this little moment about uh, getting ready to morph, and mm-hmm. again, um, and this to be fair is. Hmm. Okay, let's morph everyone to dolphin, except Axe. Of course, we'll be doing his shark shark morph. And Jake is the one that goes that they need to remove the hoof marks in the sand because a yerk would recognize them as andalite or might mm-hmm. recognize them as andalite. But uh, they wade into the water. <laughs> we have this moment of Rachel just being like, okay, let's go. And Mark being like, let's get fishical, fishical. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's like, Olivia Newton-John, have you been listening to Dinosaur Rock Radio Games? She's like, how about you? You actually know who sang that song. She's like, my mum controls the radio in the car. <laughs> yep. Uh, I do also want to point out, uh, mm-hmm. because I'm a shipper at heart, uh, Tobias mm-hmm. lands on Rachel's shoulder mm-hmm. as they go into the water. Every time they're in the water, Tobias mm-hmm. perches on Rachel. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like we got this bad going on between Rachel and Marco and Jake's just like can we please just do what we came here to do uh, and Cassie's like but anyway dolphins aren't fish um, and Tobias like yells at everybody can we just get this over and done with and Marco's just like to Cassie tense very tense too many high caffeine mice <laughs> uh, 
We just have some successful attempts to morphing. Marco makes a crack about being a mermaid because yep. the lower half of his body morphs first, except he's underwater, so it's all just like blub, blub, blub. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. And we just, <laughs> ah, it just makes me laugh. Yeah. Fun uh, contrast. And, then... and we get like the brief visual of, uh, Tobias being a dolphin with a red, pure red tail, uh, mm-hmm. with feathers sticking out the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yep, they're all dolphins. Um, except Axe. Except Ax. for Axe. Who is a shark. Um, and we get the moment of, uh, was it prescience? Uh, where, uh, Marco comments about how much he doesn't like sharks. Um, uh, specifically because the last time that, or the first time that he went into Dolphin Morph, a shark almost cut him in half. That was, in fact, the time that they learned that morphing heals you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, you know, a great time to learn that. Um, and he has to he has to remind himself like it's axe it's not just a tiger shark it's axe um but he's he's super wigged out um and marco is trying to kind of shake that off uh trying to um one say like ah oh, you know i bet there's nothing here this island looks really peaceful maybe eric is wrong um <laughs> And Cassie's like, I don't think that she make many mistakes, but who cares? Let's swim. And so they all mm-hmm. make it a game. They swim out uh, around the, the island. Um, and uh, it's a race. Tobias is having fun as a dolphin, um, it, saying it's kind of hard to be afraid of anything right now. This is worth it. This is so cool. It's like flying, but with really thick wind. Come on, race you. <laughs> Um, and they're having fun doing this, bursting off the, um, and to be fair, this is mostly Marco doing the echolocation at this point, getting a picture mm-hmm. of the reef. And he obviously, cause it, where it bounces off axe as well, Marco's having to remind himself, it's just axe, forget sharks, put sharks out of your mind. This children is what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> um, but they're, they're swimming around and, um, Marco finds something with his echolocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they figure out, uh, there is a something large underneath the water, um, but they can't see anything. And they suss out that it's like Eric, uh, probably a hologram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any divers swimming in the area, uh, won't see it. And also any planes flying over on sunny days. Mm-hmm. Um, Axe points out that it, a hologram that big, is going to take a lot of power, like the same amount of energy as a dome ship. Mm -hmm. But they're able to uh, get close enough to see uh, this massive structure built into the side of a slope with three massive openings, uh, big enough to drive a dump truck through, uh, one open with a tunnel beyond, uh, a couple closed with steel doors, and how there are a couple of portholes covered by plastic, um, and you can, they can see humans inside working at computer stations. Um, it, it looked, it looked weirdly normal, like any office full of engineers or whatever, a Dilbert looking place, except for the fact that it was an underwater building. And of <laughs> course, there was the fact that in Dilbert's world, there aren't Hawk Bajir standing guard. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, uh, go up for air, uh, and they sort of chat details. And we have this reference about wanting to see the normal world for a moment. Mm-hmm. 
for going back to dealing with the reality. Yep. Uh, and Axe says, uh, hey, uh, there's some fish heading towards you. And everybody else is like, all right, that it's fish, Axe, like, whatever. And, to, and Marco is like, uh, guys, we should, um, because mm-hmm. he presses some how, more how are they strange? Yeah, large fish, <laughs> big, large fish, X Men. Yes, as large as my current morph, and they are strange in shape. Strange how? <laughs> Their heads, they have heads that are flat at the front but extend out on each side. They have eyes at the end of each side extension. Also, they have fins like mine. It mm-hmm. took a few seconds for me to process that word picture. A large fish with a dorsal fin and a head that my dolphin heart stopped beating. Hammerheads. And uh, there are ten hammerhead sharks coming towards them. And Rachel's just like, we can handle that. Ten of them, five dolphins and a tiger shark. We got this. <laughs> um, there are times when I really admire Rachel's reckless courage, but there are other times when I just want to slap her. We had fought sharks before. We had won, but it had been a close call. Very, very close. And there were more sharks this time. Uh, Jake's trying to defuse the situation, just like we don't know they're going to attack us. Um, yep. as these sharks swim towards them and Cassie's just like, sharks don't normally attack dolphins, not unless they're really hungry and outnumber the dolphins. So yep. which Marco points out, we are currently outnumbered. <laughs> um, and Tobias is real nervous because he hasn't dealt with being a dolphin in this sort of combat situation. Just like, any tips for fighting sharks? Yeah, don't let them bite you. <laughs> um, uh, and Jake's just like, let's retreat. Yeah. And Rachel was like, just run away. And I was like, you can stay. Um, um, but then, um, Marco Yeah, goes because to the sharks away. are heading straight for them, which yeah. is a little weird. Like, they're, they're almost moving in formation towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Marco, uh, leads the retreat. Uh, now that Jake has called for it, he very much does not want to be around here. Um, he is, very much reliving the trauma of being nearly ripped in half by a shark. Um, and he literally has a flashback to the pain of mm-hmm. what it was like last time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, the luck is not on their side because there are more sharks behind them. Yeah. Uh, now 14 sharks, a group of 10 and a group of four. Uh, they're uh, sort of surrounding the kids. Yeah. Which is weird. Sharks don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marco isn't thinking very much about uh, how it's weird. He's thinking about uh, how scared he is. Um, Jake had already given the order to retreat, but that's not why I did what I did next. What I did next came out of sheer terror. I ran away. Uh, he turns at right angles from the two groups and just tries to power through. Um... But I was already moving, and I didn't even care. I was scared. I could feel those sharks' teeth ripping my flesh in my memory. I could feel it like it was happening right now. I powered away. The others were close behind me, but I was definitely leading the way. Um, Cassie says to head for shore, but the sharks are changing course and cutting them off. Um, and they're very fast. Uh, the sh- groups are converging and they can't, the, the kids can't get out of the hammer and anvil in time. So they're surrounded. Jake has this really smart idea, uh, to mm-hmm. focus on one of the sharks to try and draw blood and the, the rest of the sharks will attack. 
whoever's injured. Um, mm-hmm. However, Marco's already sussed out that something is wrong with them. They mm-hmm. do attack. One of the like Jake just launches himself into one of them, and we do mm-hmm. have that note of Marco's fear when he describes the sharks as monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they they try ramming the shark, but um, there is no feeding frenzy. Um, yep. the sharks continue to come after the kids. Uh, it's like they had a signal between them. They deliberately moved all at once. They planned. I knew I was going to die. And worst of all, I knew exactly how it would feel. Um, they, uh, Jake says, okay, well, that didn't work. So we're going to break through and run, bunch up into a wedge and we'll power our way through. Um, uh, they shot straight ahead. But the sharks are already reacting. They're figuring out their plan. They're rushing to cut them off. Um, and there's a rear guard in case they turned around. They're acting like a pack of wolves. Um, Marco has a flash of inspiration. Um, and a flash of inspiration born out of pure terror. Uh, hmm. He says sharks can't jump, which isn't true, but... Uh, it's fine. It works here. Um, and he says that they, sh- they need to surface and jump over the sharks ahead of them. Um, and they do. They come down on the other side of the sharks, uh, and the sharks turn to chase them, but they'd gained several feet. Um, unfortunately, they're heading into deeper and deeper water, not towards shore. Um, Tobias wonders if they can outrun the sharks. Uh, and Marco's like, well, we're about to fucking find out. Um, yeah. And then there is a uh, siren that goes off in the water, um, just loud enough to be heard with acute he- dolphin hearing. If I'd been human, I doubt I'd have heard it at all. But instantly, without hesitation, the sharks turned around and swam away. Uh, and then everyone's like, the fuck? <laughs> um, and Cassie's like, who cares why? Let's get out of here before they change their minds again. And Marco... But like an idiot, I said, we should go below, see what called them off. I guess I was starting to realize how it must have looked when I bolted before the others. Um, Rachel agrees. Uh, naturally, Rachel agreeing with me convinced me I was obviously wrong, but it was too late. We all sucked in a deep lungful of air and went down. Uh, and below them is a submarine. Uh, big, shaped like a stingray, down-curved water rings, um, and uh, big engines and mostly made of like glass or clear plastic perfectly clear so that um the people inside can see out uh in the sub they have a big crew of human hork taxon and ged uh and uh in the uh was it the bridge at the bridge um yeah. we see a lyran uh, it had pebbly yellow, yellowish skin that seemed slimy like it was coated with Vaseline and sat like a frog on big hind legs with webbed feet. But instead of a frog's tiny front legs, this creature had four tentacles spaced evenly around its body. It had a big head that just sat on its shoulders with no neck. The face was curved outward with a huge, wide mouth that seemed frozen in a sort of idiot grin. There were two eyes, both brilliant, green, and large. <clears throat> As the sub passed beneath us, this creature seemed to shake like it was having just a slight tremor. I saw him turn around to face us as we re- receded behind the sub. He gazed at us with his blazing green eyes. 
The person sitting in the captain's chair must have said something, because the frog thing sort of looked troubled and then shrugged in a very human-like gesture. The person in the chair stood up. She stretched. She turned around and looked up. Right at us. Right at me. And I swear I had to stop myself from saying, Hi, Mom. Visser one, Rachel said harshly, so the main creep is here on Earth. The sub blew past without making a sound. The sharks fell in behind it, and the sub, its occupants, and the sharks all disappeared into the hologram of a nice, normal seabed. <clears throat> and we cut to later that night. Because they all have gathered their intel, and they have retreated to figure out some kind of plan. Um, Marco has a shit ton of homework to do. Um, he tells his dad, uh, you know, I don't care what we do for dinner as long as it isn't fish. Um, Marco has to read the Lord of the Rings. Uh, a book or, he chose. Which, which he chose, I guess. Just the first one. Just the first one. Um, he was supposed to have started reading it like a month ago. Um, he is, uh, feeling sorry for himself. Rightly so, frankly. Um, and, uh, Puts on some Bob Marley. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, No Woman, No Cry comes on. And so Marco's just like, great, let's just wallow in self-pity. Um, I was not feeling good. No one had called me a coward. Maybe no one had even noticed the way I'd bolted. But I had. I could come up with great excuses for being so scared. I was the only one who'd ever been chewed almost in half by a shark. And that was a pretty good reason to feel afraid. But nothing changed the fact that I had run away. And that feeling was crowded in my head with a whole ton of emotions about seeing my mother. Um, and we get this description of how it was really, like, it was really, really bad when his mom died or seemed to die because, uh, obviously it was his mom, but it, uh, there's an end to it, right? There's no wondering. And there's almost a, a correlation here between, um, this and like, old missing persons um mm. where you know when you when you call for a death there there's an end you can begin the grieving process to you know move on in some small ways um but uh because there are people around you who have also had similar losses right um, and you can you can relate to that and reach out for community um, but when you have a missing persons case then you have a whole host of things where you you can't quite let go because there's always that what if and here we have that complicated by the fact that it's not just his mom is missing instead of dead it's what group is there for people whose mother isn't dead but is a slave to an alien presence in her head what group do I belong to when I realize what that what looks like my mother is actually someone who would kill me without hesitation? I guess it's what Jake feels every time he sits down to dinner with Tom. I guess he feels the same way I do. Only Jake and I don't talk about that kind of stuff. Jake's my best friend, but he's my best friend because I'm me, you know, because I'm funny and smart and I'd back him up any time, any place. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm me, Marco, not some touchy-feely, share-your-feelings-with-the-group kind of person. I don't share feelings. I make people laugh. Um, which, uh, Marco, that's not how friendship works. Um, We've I've, talked my... about this before, though, about how <clears throat> when you're a kid as well, yeah. 
the way you perceive yourself. We are shaped so mm-hmm. much by how we feel we are perceived. Yeah. And it, it's heartbreaking because we know that any of those kids would listen to him. Mm-hmm. But he feels like he can't because he isn't that person. Cassie is the per- is the touchy-feely, share-your-feelings person in that group. Mm-hmm. Because they have their roles. Mm-hmm. And as much as they... And we get a real rough... I say rough. It's well written. It's rough as in emotionally. Like Marco's role within the group and how he keeps himself in there, but mm-hmm. also how much the others need him to be there, or at least how he perceives that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and we'll get we'll talk about it more when it happens. But Jake even just being like, "You're not being yourself," and it's making the others the others know something's up because you're mm-hmm. not being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's so much it it is so much um um and we have marco just like he has this picture still of his mom next to his bed and how he looks at it every night um and he can't decide what he wants to see when he looks at it um i don't know if i see the mother i lost or the mother i want to rescue somehow um how he doesn't know and I construct little fantasies in my head of how I'll get her away from the yurks and I'll keep her locked up for three days until the yurk in her head dies from lack of chondronarays and she'll be my mum again and then we just have but then what Marco the yurks won't take it lying down you can't just starve Vissa one to death and take her host body and live happily ever after we'll be hunted we'd be hunted for as long as there was a yurk left alive on planet earth and if the yurks ever did catch up with my mum and dad and me they'd know I was an animal and then they'd figure out it all out and the others will be done for jake rachel cassie tobias axe and we just have this heartbreaking moment of him yelling into his pillow um i am way too young to have to deal with this kind of stuff and it's like fucking hell yeah uh but he pulls the pillow off his face and his dad's there and looking um uh kind of more ashamed just like i did knock and like pantomimes having knocked on the door and he, Marco pulls off his headphones just like oh hi and his dad's just like did you want to watch the game with me and she's like oh yeah um, I guess not I have homework and stuff and he's like okay um, and it's like you know Marco you can always talk to me oh sure dad I mean if there's anything going on that's bothering you it was a nice offer my dad's a nice man I'd like to grow up to be as good a man as my father but you know what? Right then, dark suspicion was seeping into my mind. Why was he interested? What did he suspect? Was my father one of them too? Nothing's bothering me, Dad. I was just, um, you know, singing along with the music. It was a song lyric. Oh, okay. Well, I'll call you when the pizza gets here. He left, shutting the door behind him. Nice world you live in, Marco, I said softly. I could trust my father and maybe end up dead. I could try and help my mother and maybe end up dead. And as a bonus, I could get all my friends killed and doom the entire human race. I looked at the book I was supposed to read. That ain't happening. Not tonight. And I thought about my father sitting down in the living room and turning on the game. Who knew if he was my father any more than my mother was really my mother? I couldn't really trust him. I couldn't go downstairs and spill all my problems out for him. But you know what? I could sure go sit with the man and watch the game. I could do that. Still taking care of his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but next chapter, we get uh, the group reconvening and Cassie pointing out that those were not normal sharks. Um, 
and how that they were acting completely different. Rachel posits if they could be controllers, um, referencing the horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and Axe points out, uh, have Cassie having shown him the pictures of the internal structure of a shark, uh, that there's no room in the brain for a yerk. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Um, Marco suggests implants, uh, electrodes or something, and everyone kind of shrugs. Um, all they know is that they'd almost been slaughtered by them. That Tobias points out they were guarding that facility. That much is clear. And Mark is just like, all the more reason for us to go in. And Jake just raises an eyebrow at him. Um, Rachel's nodding in agreement. And I was like, I know Jake was thinking, he was thinking I had my own reasons, reasons only he and I knew about. And I shake my head telling him no. No, I was not going to tell the others. Uh, not yet. Maybe not ever. He shrugged and let it go, but I could see he wasn't happy about it. Um, but Jake's in agreement that we've got to go back, um, that they cannot have psychic controllers running around. Um, Cassie asks Axe if uh, he thinks the frog-looking creature they saw was a Lyran, and Axe is like, yeah, probably, but he hasn't exactly memorized the Encyclopedia of Galactic Life Forms. Do appreciate <laughs> the reminder that Axe was maybe not the best student. Um <laughs> and uh, Marco makes a crack about where they can get a copy of that encyclopedia. Tobias um, uh, is like, what do we do to get a look inside that complex? Uh, Marco, having figured it out already, says, you aren't going to like the answer. Um, and Cassie uh, follows that up with, we have to think about going hammerhead. Those guard sharks went off to dolphins and Axis tiger shark. My guess is they go after anything that isn't a hammerhead. And we don't have any hammerheads at the gardens. But we do have this handy-dandy aquarium not far away. Um, and they have a big hammerhead 14 feet long. Uh, Marco uh, does his best kid in a classroom uh, uh, <laughs> impression and says, uh, Has anyone considered the fact that we all have to be in our own bodies when we acquire one of these sharks? Um, I regretted saying it the minute it came out of my mouth. It was like one minute I was all gung-ho and the next minute I was one, I was the one we- weaseling. And after my performance the day before, I couldn't afford to be sounding like a weasel. So I said, but hey, who's worked up by some little old sharks? You are, Rachel said bluntly. I felt like she'd kicked me. I mean, maybe she didn't even mean anything by it, but I found myself totally unable to think of a comeback. My cheeks burned. I turned away and pretended to care deeply about some bugs crawling up the trunk of a tree. Uh, Cassie says we have to go at night tonight. And of course we have school tomorrow. Um, Marco still performing his job of being the thinker, uh, says, uh, forget school. There's an assembly last period. Anyway, we can bail out early and no one will care. Plenty of time to fly out to the Island. Um, and so they have a plan to fly out to the ocean world tonight and the Island tomorrow after school, get, uh, good excuses ready for your parents because we can't get grounded again. Or Jake says specifically, I can't get grounded again. Uh, and that's it. Until after sundown that night. Um, this Marco- fucking scene at the aquarium is so much. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> I mean, I really like it. It's cinematic as hell, but lordy. Yep. Um, it's a pretty simple facility and how there's a plexiglass tunnel running beneath the big tanks uh, with a conveyor belt. Um, and there's the re- reiterating reiteration from Cassie that they don't know how they're going to do this because sharks aren't dolphins. 
they're not going to be down to uh, just let people pet them. Um, Marco attempts to make a joke that falls sort of flat because uh, no one laughs. Jake smirks, but it isn't the happy kind of smirk. Um, Rachel is the one that goes, I got an idea. doesn't have to be conscious for us to require them off. We morph Dolphin. We go in the tank, six of us against one hammerhead. And Cassie's like, beat a shark half to death when it's not attacking us. Um, just like, it's a shark, Cassie. A shark. People eat sharks and vice versa, says Marco. Um, and he's just jumping in the pool with it, Jake said. I mean, in human form, how will we even catch a shark? Or in Andalite form. Um, Cassie started to say something, but instead she just clenched her jaw tightly the way she does when she disapproves of something. Um, Marco has a line about sharks can all die as far as I'm concerned. I laughed like I'd made a joke, but it wasn't a joke. We have this line about from Tobias about they're just predators being predators. Toby said they aren't, Tobias said they aren't evil, just hungry. So you're on Cassie's side? I asked him. No. Kill or be killed, eat or be eaten. That's the predator's law. I know I'm a predator. I say we do what we have to do. Tobias has toughened up a bit since being trapped in Hawk Morph. She's just like, ugh. It's like, and Cassie agrees to it. Not happy about it, but it's just like, fine, we'll get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, they run into uh, some guards, um, and the place to hide um, is too small. Like it's like a low bush. Of an mm-hmm. axe can't like roll underneath it, and they're like, "Okay, what do we do?" As axe is caught in this flashlight, and axe is recognized as an andalite. Yep. <clears throat> uh, uh, we had the other guard who clearly is like, "Oh, what?" And the <laughs> lead guard is just like, um, "No, we got one move," and it's like threatening axe. Uh, yeah. It's like these human weapons may be primitive, but you'd be surprised how effective a lead slug can be. Uh, this other guard is like, Captain, you got to tell me what's going on. And he just gets knocked out for his troubles uh, mm-hmm. by the captain. And just like some full on yerk ladder climbing, just like a tiresome little man, the captain said, but we'll have one of our people in his brain before he wakes up. Not that it'll matter to me. I'm off this tiresome detail for capturing one of the Andalite bandits. I will be Visa 3's new aide. And Axe is just like, bitch, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, and they're just like, what do we do here? We Axe needs a distraction. And so Marco once again just stands up on rattling knees and just like, hi, is this the way to the souvenir stand? And uh, Tobias just dive bombs the captain. Um, and just Marco tries to grab the gun off this captain and it literally goes off um mm-hmm. uh, the captain fires while he's holding on to it uh marco's hand goes numb and it's just like this guy is firing a gun and it's like inches away from hitting marco mm-hmm. um we get this reflection about how it sounds like bombs going off the controller's in a panic axe is too far away to use his tail blade so they run mm-hmm. um uh, they get to a locked door, a JKR axe to bust it open, and then they end up inside the tunnel underneath the tanks. Yep. And we have this moment of just watching the fish, and it's like this brief pocket of calm. And Axe mm-hmm. is like, oh, this is interesting. 
I like this. The hologram makes it almost appear as if we're under the water. And Rachel's like, Axe, this is not a hologram. Uh, then we are underwater, protected only by badly made human plastic. Yeah. Why do you humans do things like that? Which is just very good. Um, another controller shows up um, on the radio. Yeah, the kids are trapped. Uh, the kids are being written off, though. It's just like, oh, this is kids. It happens all the time. This is irrelevant. It's the Andalite we want. <laughs> which um, is so dumb like these kids are actively hanging out with the sandalite <laughs> yeah um and axe bless him he's just like if i go with them peacefully they may let you all go and axe and rachel's just like forget it we'll all get out of this and they're like this is bad we need something drastic and jake's just like i'm open to suggestions and mark's just like okay i suggest you take a deep breath oh no oh man yeah i agreed everyone take a breath Take a deep breath. Axe man, just how badly made is human plastic? Axe gets it. He swings his tail blade and cracks open the east, like w- slams his tail blade into the plexiglass, cuts a three foot gash in this plastic, and that's all it takes because then the water pressure does the rest. Yep. The, to- the top of the tunnel cracks open and the water pours in. Yep. Uh, everyone is swept away in the water. Um, it is extremely hectic. Marco tells himself to morph. Um, he thinks he needs to go dolphin, but dolphin needs to be able to reach the surface to breathe. And there's very soon not going to be a surface to reach. Uh, so he thinks, okay, trout. Um, but something runs into him and brushes by him. Uh, and it's a shark. Uh, because of course it is. Uh, Marco mm-hmm. has shitty luck. Uh, he mm-hmm. tries to swim away from the shark. He manages to get into like an air conditioning vent where he like wall crawls up it, uh, mm-hmm. using just like pressing his feet and hands against the glass. Uh, but he doesn't really have anywhere to go. Um, mm-hmm. and he can't stay there forever. So instead, he decides that he's going to drop down on top of the shark to acquire it and hope that. Uh, it will go passive, unlike the dolphin from earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and luckily, it works. It does. Uh, Marco being grateful that he's wearing long sleeves as he uh, wraps his arm around the shark. And while it is still in chilled out trance mode, they break the surface. Uh, they're in one of the tanks. Um, and everyone's can see looking that everyone else is there. And Marco's just like, yo, what you guys up to? <laughs> And Marco's like, Marco? Cassie's like, Marco, you're alive? Yeah, and I brought some for each of you to meet. Um, and all the kids are able to acquire the uh, hammerhead morph. Uh, once again, we just got to brush right over how they get out of this situation. <laughs> um, and now it's just, there's a huge headline in the paper, terrible accident, ocean world, two gods missing, several fish. Um, <laughs> the god remains, tells a bizarre tale of a half deer, half human creature. Um, the aquarium spokesman sort of clearly the guards got drunk, shot up the place, causing the tunnel to shatter. It makes CNN. Um, Marco attempts to blag his book report, um, fails. And to be fair, when he was in the earlier chapter, he was like, he's fairly certain he's not going to be able to fool the English teacher with his mm-hmm. usual, just bullshit it. Yep. Um, and he's right. He gets a D minus on his paper 
And with the comment from the teacher, at nice try, Marco, do it over, and this time try reading the book. <laughs> um, what can I say? Some teachers buy it, some don't. Yeah. Uh, they decide they can't go back to Ryan Island the next day. They're going to wait until the weekend. Sneaking out at night is too risky. Um, and if one of them got caught and was grounded, they'd be out of business for a while. Um, I had stopped worrying what the others thought about my running from the sharks. I felt like my actions at the aquarium balanced that out, and I kind of felt like I'd gotten past my fear of sharks. More or less. I mean, it's never a good idea to get casual about sharks. Instead of, uh, instead of obsessing over being scared of sharks, I found I was obsessing about the shark DNA inside me. I wanted to morph that shark. I wanted to be it. I wanted to know what it felt like to be so relentless, so unafraid, so totally without emotion. Twice I dreamed about it. Both times in the dream I was the shark, only I still had my own face. And both times someone was doing something terrible. I can't remember what. I just remember thinking, oh man, that's awful. But in my dream I was a shark, and so whatever the terrible thing was, I was safe. I wish I could remember what the terrible thing was. I think maybe it was someone being killed. A woman's voice kept saying, help me, help me. I remember that much. But it was confusing because sometimes the voice would start yelling, help him, help him. Uh, and so Marco makes a decision and he hangs out after school, uh, goes to the gym and goes to the pool um, and gets inside the pool. It's indoors. No one's uh, around. Yeah, swim timber off else. Swim team off elsewhere. The windows are high up, um, so hopefully he can get away with this. And he know he recognizes that this is stupid. But mm -hmm. if I don't do it, if I didn't do it here, I'd do it in an even stupider place, like my bathtub at home. Mm -hmm. Um, he checks the pool again that no one's there, no one's in the bleachers, the water's perfectly still. Uh, he jumps in around sort of the eight feet marker, and um, yeah, this is and says this is insane, Marco. And to which I answered, so I'll be careful. To which I commented, you're talking to yourself. Do you know that? Oh, shut up. Um, but then he starts to morph. Yep. In the pool at school. Mm -hmm. uh, and he can see below the surface of the water, his legs starting to elongate um, and stretch out. And he realizes that um, his feet are now touching the bottom of the pool, even though he's in like the eight foot section. Uh, mm -hmm. He can feel a fin starting to grow out of his back, mm -hmm. and he can feel shark's teeth starting to fill his mouth. And then a couple of bullies show up. Yep. Uh, they call him a wuss. They tell him to get out of the pool. Like, hey, this is our pool. Get out. Um, two total jerks, two abject bullies. Um, one of them is a great diver on the school team. Uh, the other one is a complete burnout. They tell Marco to get out of the pool. <clears throat> Don't make us kick your butt, Marco Roni. Um, Marco says he should have been afraid of them, but I was only afraid they might dive beneath the surface. If they went down there, they'd see that I wasn't exactly normal. From the surface, they'd probably just think my, my ultra-long legs and toes were a distortion. So Marco starts to reverse the morph. Um, he's already berating himself for being an idiot. Um, he'd left himself open for something like this. Um, and he started to demorph as fast as he could. Uh, but then Wu, who is one of the bullies, just, like, dolphin kicks him, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, Marco can't dodge it and uh, basically just, like, has the wind knocked out of him. 
Uh, and the other bully is like, we told you to step off, now we're going to have to stomp you for not having any respect, unless you want to get your skinny hinder out of the pool. Uh, and, like, Marco recognizes that this is a chance to get away, all he has to do is turn and leave, um, and he's ready to do that, but then, uh, asshole says, run home to your mommy, Marco Roni. And the other dude says, he can't, his mom's dead. Oh, boo-hoo. I did appreciate the dude that with a touch of normal humanity in his voice. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, that's a low blow. Why are you going there? Yeah. Uh. Oh, and then Wu just doubles down. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. Like he was, makes a gesture like his weapon is. His, mo- his mother probably ran off with just, his mother probably just ran off with some dude. And Mark's like, all I had to do was walk away. And all I did was to stare at Wu's throat. I could see the arteries there, the one that were pulsating either sides of Wu's Adam's apple. What are you looking at, Wu demanded. You're dead, man, eyeballing me like that. But I noticed that Wu didn't move towards me. I wanted him to move towards me. I wanted him to. But what's what's the matter with his eyes, Drake asked. Look at his eyes, man. And that's when Jake shows up. Um, Like, stepping in. Just like, Wu's uh, expression changes, and Jake, super cash, just like, what's up, Marco? Uh, The mockery continues about Jake having to show up to rescue Marco and Marco like swings his head towards Jake and fiercely and grimaces bearing his teeth I don't think your help the shark's teeth that filled my mouth distorted my speech I saw Jake's eyes flare in surprise then wary concern let it go Marco Jake said I turned back towards Wu I could see the pulsating blood just below the skin of Wu's neck it would be so easy he dissed my mum I said He's not the one responsible for your mother, Jake said. Don't punish him for the sins of someone else. I don't know what the two bullies thought of this exchange. I just know they stayed silent. Wu's eyes kept darting from me to Jake. He was confused and worried. Bullies aren't used to hearing their victims talking and acting like they have all the power. Or maybe he didn't like the way I was still staring at his neck. Save it for the real bad guys, Marco, Jake said. I let the rest of my shark morph go. I felt the itching in my mouth as my normal teeth replaced the killing shark teeth. I climbed out of the pool. Uh, Jake and, uh, asks Marco, mm-hmm. like, the fuck were you doing? Um, and Marco's like, ah, you know, just, uh, Wu looked like a fish. Didn't he look like a fish to you? Um, and because Marco doesn't have any kind of excuse or anything. Um, Jake says, maybe you should sit this one out. And Marco's like, huh, you'd have to kill me to keep me away from that island. Um, and just, I love this whole exchange and mm. like how Jake instantly figures out what's going on and yeah. what this is all about and um, is able to talk Marco down. Mm-hmm. Um. And... Uh, like like you're fond of saying, Jake knows how to get the best out of people, mm-hmm. and what he wants out of people. Yeah, and uh, I, I really do like feel. The... Oh, go on, go on, please. I really like the detail about how the bullies are just like something is happening here, and it has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you gonna say? I think that that would only work the way it did with Marco. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if it was Rachel, 
about to kick off at somebody, it would have been a much harder talk down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the nature of Marco and Jake's relationship, mm-hmm. as well as Marco being the person he is, mm-hmm. like, Jake logics him out of it, really. Yep. But also he like he knows what to say and he's appealing to Marco's reason in yep. that moment. Like fight smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a very good interaction. Yeah. It's also like, um I've seen one of the Let the Right One In, Let Me In movies, and there mm-hmm. is a real intense scene with mm-hmm. um in a in a swimming pool at a school or a public pool and it's a lot and that was sort of in my head during that and i don't want to say exactly the details because i don't want to spoil the movie for people it's good you should watch it but um it's a lot and that was like mm-hmm. ticking in the back of my head during that and i'm like ah <laughs> it was just adding tension i did not need uh yeah. in a good way i guess yeah uh also, but, let's uh, talk about how Margot mm-hmm. so desperately wants to be unafraid uh, mm-hmm. that he's obsessing over the shark morph. Yeah. The, this is a, a character trait I really appreciate. Um, and this is something, um, a little nod to dumb kids, um, mm-hmm. a thing I'm trying to be aware of with uh, my characterization of Kel mm-hmm. is being scared all the time mm-hmm. and how exhausting that is mm-hmm. and i mean getting real for a moment like we're currently living through unprecedented pandemic right now and there's like people talking about like increased rates of depression and things like that because your brain is cycling through fear responses and being unable to do anything Mm -hmm. and just the way fear can make us feel so powerless and having to act anyway no wonder marco is so desperate to just not feel that way for a while Mm -hmm. because like when you think about his other morphs his only other his only real strong but his battle morph is a gorilla and the gorilla is so close to human mm-hmm. that it's not the escape that he wants yeah and he sort of like mythologized the shark at this point just like well clearly they're fearless mm-hmm. they're just a hunter that's all they care about mm-hmm. but yeah that it's just like i just want to not be scared yeah i want to not care i want to stop thinking about all of the stuff that could go wrong Mm-hmm. and just be and not be yeah. scared and it's valuing that ability to be strong and fearless more than what he brings to the table and we see that frequently in the books is the kids wanting to be different to what they are because they think they need to be <laughs> <laughs>